Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Amen. Well, hope overflowing. Hope overflowing. That's the name of the series that we've been going through on a Sunday morning. We're going to continue in that series today. And uh, the main scripture, the main passage for this series has been Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. And it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's been the key scripture for us as, we, as we've been going through this series. And as I begin this message this morning, I want to start off by, by using a picture just to show what we've kind of been going through or, and what we've been doing over these last couple of weeks. I want us to picture hope as a tree. I'm not much of a gardener. I'll admit that. My parents can vouch for me on that one. I'm not much of a gardener. Uh, but we see here the hope is like a tree. Uh, and the ground, it starts off the ground in which hope grows from is the grace of God. That's what we started with. We have this hope. The reason we have this hope is all because of the grace of God. It is, that is the ground for our hope. And we see the, the, the roots of hope, the nutrients for hope is found in the gospel. It is found in the word of God. That's where we get the source of our hope. And then as that tree begins to, as it begins to break through the ground, as it begins to sprout through the beginning of our hope is our salvation when we surrender our lives to Jesus that is the beginning of our hope within our lives and as I said the nutrients the things that keep us strong in our walk with the Lord is the word of God and then the strong fibers of the of the wooden trunk are this confident expectation that we have the reason that we hope is because of the confident expectation that we have that one day we will be with Jesus face to face, that he is coming again. We will be with him, with our Savior. Our hope is the fact that when we see him, our bodies will be made new. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more struggle. We will be made new with our God. And also that, that we will be free from sin and the struggle with sin and the difficulties and the cares of this world. And also our hope is that one day we'll be made righteous, that we'll have his righteousness, that we'll be in right standing with our God. And so this morning, I want us, and over the next couple of weeks, I want us to look at just one more question with regards to hope. And the question is, what is the fruit of our Christian hope? If we can say that the grace of God is our hope, it is the reason that we have hope. If we can say the word of God is the, is, sustains our hope. If we can say that our hope is in the second coming, in our bodies being made new, and our, in Jesus' righteousness then surely all of this should produce something within our lives. Surely hope should produce something in our lives. And we can see from the Bible very clearly that hope does produce something in our lives. And it produces something in our daily life. That is the answer found in the Bible. The hope produces fruit within our lives. And there are four fruits that I want us to concentrate on over these next couple of weeks. And, and the, first hope, uh, the first fruit of hope is found in Romans chapter 12, if you've got your Bibles. Romans chapter 12, and it's found in verse 11 to 12. And it is up on the screen behind me. And it says this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful 
in prayer. And so the first fruit of hope within our lives, the first thing that hope produces within our lives is joy. It says there, be joyful in hope. That is the first fruit of hope within our lives. We see even in this verse here in Romans chapter 12 that there's this incredible connection between hope and joy. Hope and joy are actually linked together. We see it in the Bible. But in order to understand this, we need to first of all understand what true Christian joy is. Not just joy of this world or any natural joy. We need to find out what the Bible says, what true Christian joy is I know it's quite hard actually to put it into words, isn't it? It's hard to actually describe emotions and an emotion like this. But, but this morning, I just want to try and put us in the right direction so that we, we understand what true biblical joy is. And we're going to look at three things that joy isn't and three things that biblical joy is. And so first of all, we see the Bible tells us that Christian joy is not an act of willpower. Or in other words... We can't produce this joy ourselves. There is nothing we can do in our human nature to produce this joy. You know, Christian joy, it's not an act of willpower, but Christian joy is a spontaneous emotional response of our heart. It's a response of something that's happened to us. That's what true Christian joy is. It's similar to joy of this world because that's what, what natural joy is as, as well, isn't it? Is that it responds to, it has this emotional response to something good that comes into our lives. And that's what Christian joy is. It's not an act of willpower, but it's this spontaneous emotional response of our heart. You know, it says in, Peter speaks about it in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 8. He talks of this joy which is inexpressible and glorious. He says this joy is totally inexpressible. And he's on about the final salvation that when one day we will be with Jesus forever and ever when, we, when he calls us home. That's what he's describing. It's not something that has been produced in his life. It's just in response. This joy is coming as he, as he, as he looks at this fact that one day I'm going to be with my Savior forever and ever. He says it's inexpressible. It's this glorious joy that just comes as a response to this good news. Now we can all decide, can't we? We can all decide to brush our teeth. Anyone here this morning decided to brush your teeth? Anyone want to admit that you didn't brush your teeth? No. <laughs> we can decide to brush our teeth, can't we? We can decide that we want to get fit. If we want to get in shape, we can decide, yeah, I'm going to definitely do this. I'm going to get in shape. If you were in school, you can decide to do your homework. Or you can decide not to do your homework in my case sometimes. <laughs> but it's not the same with joy. We cannot in the same way decide that we're going to be joyful. We can try with all of our might, but we can't produce real joy within our hearts. There's no way, you know, we can decide that we want to get fit. We can decide we want to go shopping. We can decide we want to do all these things, but we can't decide that I'm going to rejoice today. I'm going to be really joyful today. I'm just going to decide that because we know that as we go through the day, different things are going to pop up and come against that. And we, you know, we're going to be wandering off and it's going to discourage us. But we can decide to do things that bring us joy. We can't decide to rejoice. We can't make this joy come naturally, but we can decide to do things that bring joy into our lives. For example, you might decide that something that brings joy to you is maybe driving down to the beach. Maybe you like going down to the Mumbles, having a walk along Mumbles Pier, getting a bag of chips or something. Maybe that's, that's your thing. Maybe it's a catch-up with friends. You decide that, yeah, if I want to be happy, if I want, you know, I want to, want to have a good day today, I'm going to meet, catch up with some old friends. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good laugh with them. 
Maybe you, you decide that, you know, you want to watch your favorite film. Maybe you're going to go through that Netflix series or whatever it is. That's going to bring a bit of joy to your life. Maybe for us as believers, maybe it's just getting into the Bible. You know, I, I love to do that to bring joy to my heart. But where the joy actually happens, it's not in your power and it's not in my power. We can decide to do things that might bring joy to our lives. But if joy happens, we can't, we can't, we can't actually control that. We can't actually control that. And that's what I mean this morning. That's what the Bible tells us is that Christian joy is actually spontaneous. Christian joy is a response to something. It's a response to news that we hear or, or something that we have received. You know, we can, we can prepare for it. We can prepare to be joyful. Just like on a boat, you know, if you're on a boat in a, in a car motion, you can get the sail ready to get, it, to get moving, to get going in a direction. But we cannot make the wind blow, can we? We can get everything ready to get, to get on our way, to get set sail, but we cannot make the wind blow. That's not up to us. And it's the same within our Christian life. The Spirit blows, Jesus said, where it goes. You know, the Holy Spirit moves wherever He wants to go. We can't control it. And what's interesting, we see in the Bible that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We can't control whether it'll come or not, but we can do things to get ourselves ready to receive this joy. Get ourselves connected to the Lord. So first of all, the first thing that we see about Christian and joy, it's not something we can work up. You can't work it up. No matter how much you try, no matter how much you say you're going to be joyful today and you're going to rejoice, we can't work it up. We can't create this joy within our own lives. We can get ready for it, but we can't create it. Secondly, the second thing the Bible tells us about Christian joy is that Christian joy is not superficial and weak. Christian joy is not superficial and weak. We see the Bible tells us actually that Christian joy, biblical joy, is deep and strong. Biblical joy is deep and firm. It's not something that's flimsy and that just comes and goes as things happen in our lives. Biblical joy is deep and it is strong. And you know, this is why people like to separate, and especially in church, why sometimes we like to separate happiness and pleasure. Why we like to get that away from joy, because sometimes happiness and pleasure can be superficial and flimsy, can't it? You know, we can be, pretend to be happy clappy, as some people like to call us. You know, we can be, pretend to be happy and all these things, but people see right through it. People know if you're, being, if you're genuine or you're not. People can really see if you're really happy and if you're really having fun and all these things, or if you're not. You know, it's, it's evidence. But we must be careful here because, there, as I said, there is a true happiness that we can have. There is true pleasure that we can have as well. The Bible speaks of it. It says, of pleasures forevermore at God's right hand. And it says, the happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So we can, as a people, be a happy people. We can have pleasure in the Lord. But we need to be careful in, in separating true happiness and superficial happiness and joy. And it's the same thing with joy. You can have a false joy. You can pretend to be a joyful Christian. You can, there is also a real joy as well. There's a true joy. There's a real joy. There is some fake joy. There is a fake joy out there. But we see that actual true Christian biblical joy is deep. It's strong. And it's firm. It's not weak. It's not flimsy. It doesn't just come. It doesn't just go depending on our circumstances or depending on what's going on in our lives. True Christian joy is strong and it's firm no matter what the situation, no matter what we are going through. And you know, the reason we know this is because the Bible describes biblical joy, Christian joy, 
as flourishing right in the middle of pain and suffering. When you read the Bible, it's amazing. You see of people who are going through the worst of times where they just can't be bombarded by everything going on around them. But yet there's this declaration. They have this joy in the middle of difficulties, in the middle of Satan attacking them, in the middle of everybody against them and their lives falling apart. There's these people in the Bible we see who have this incredible joy in the middle of these circumstances. Paul says it in Romans chapter 5 verse 3. He says, we rejoice in our sufferings. Any of you rejoicing in your suffering this morning? Anyone happy that you're going through difficulties and struggles? Anybody joyful because of that this morning? It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6, it says you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. It's clear here that biblical joy doesn't just come and go based on what we're going through. Biblical joy actually flourishes in difficulties and afflictions. It flourishes in the, most hard, in the most of hardest of difficulties. And it endures in, in the most difficult times. And even the Apostle Paul, he said that, that he had this joy, which not only existed during difficulties or struggles, but Paul said that he had this joy even when he was in sorrow, when he was sorrowful. Which seems to be totally the opposite of joy, doesn't it? When I think of joy, I think of happy and, you know, celebration and life and, you know, all these things. But Paul is saying he had this joy when he was sorrowful. It says there in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 10, he describes himself as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing everything. And that's basically what the Bible is trying to teach us. And that's what I'm trying to get at this morning is that... Christian joy, it's not superficial. It's not just up and down, up and down. Superficial, uh, Christian joy, biblical joy is deep, is strong. That you can have this joy even when you're in the most difficult of situations, even in the middle of the storm. You can have, you can be rejoicing, you can be joyful. You can have this joy. And why? Because this joy is not in ourselves, but this joy comes from the Lord. It is in the Lord. That is why we can have this Number three, Christian joy is not a natural joy. It's not something that we can create, as I've already said. And this is what distinguishes biblical joy from all other joy, from the joy of this world. It distinguishes it. Because what makes it spiritual is that it's produced by the Holy Spirit. It's produced by God himself. That's what makes it supernatural. It's not natural. It's a joy that only comes from God himself. It's not a joy like this world. It's not a temporary joy which is based on whether we have a lot in our lives, whether we're blessed, whether we have you know, good things, if our life is in a good position. That's what this world's joy is like. That's what natural joy is like. It goes up and down based on how our life is and what we're going through. But Christian joy, biblical joy, is not a natural joy. It's a joy that's produced by God within our lives that goes beyond just difficulties and circumstances. It surpasses all of that. It's a true, strong joy. And it's a joy that's produced by God himself. It says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Notice that. A fruit of the spirit is joy. It's not something that I've produced. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. As I open up my life to the Lord. And open up my life to the Holy Spirit. And grow in, in, my, in my love for the Lord. And my relationship with the Lord. Holy Spirit comes and he produces this joy within my life. Something which is not natural. It's not a joy like this world, as I said. It's a strong joy. 
It's a joy that can endure and even flourish, even in difficulties and, and in torment. It can, it can flourish in that. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, it says that the Christians, it said they received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And at Jesus, he said to his disciples on many occasions to be joyful, that they will be filled with joy. You know, even in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 8, it says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. That is our strength. So there's plenty of biblical evidence that, that shows us the biblical joy, Christian joy, is not something that is produced from us. It is something that comes from God himself. It is only that God can create it in our lives as we are connected to him, as we know him, as we grow in our relationship with him. Biblical joy isn't just, uh, doesn't just respond to the circumstances around us. Biblical joy is strong and our joy is in the Lord. It is a product or a fruit of God's spirit, a work within our lives. It's a joy as we grow in our love for him. And as, as we just talk about this this morning, as we look at this this morning, we've got to be careful because there is a warning, as I said, against false joy. We've got to distinguish whether we have this real joy, this joy the Bible describes, or if, they, or if we have this false joy. The Bible warns us against this. The, you know, we can confuse it sometimes. We can f confuse true, real joy, biblical joy for, for you know, we can, we can mix it up. There's this story in, in the Gospels, I'm sure you're aware of it, the parable of the, of the sower. And the parable where the, the farmer, he scatters the seed and the seed lands on different grounds. And different things happen to the seeds as they land on different grounds. But it's basically a description of Jesus is, is illustrating what happens when the word of God goes out and it lands on different conditions, on different hearts. Some people receive it and they grow. Other people, you know, the kids of this world suffocate it. You know, the devil comes in other situations and just takes that word straight away so they don't receive it. There are all these different situations. But Jesus says this in verse 20 in Matthew chapter 13. It says, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And here's what the Bible is telling us. There is this false joy that can come quite quickly, but as quickly as it comes, it goes because of things of this world, because of difficulties and persecution, because of your newfound faith, it can come. And this joy hasn't had an opportunity to take root in your life, to get strong, to go deep within your life. And the Bible warns us against that. And the reason this happens, the reason that is this false joy is because people put their hope in, in things that God can give them and not in God himself. That's the reason, there's a the difference. People, we can either have this true joy which is only found in God and in him himself or there is this false joy which is found when we like the things that God gives us and the benefits he has but when the difficulties come we fall away because our hope and our joy is not found in God himself but is found in the things that we want from him and the things that we desire and we got to be careful of that and we got to look for it as well and we got to look for it in our own hearts you know it's easy to point out to other people and say oh they ain't right or they that, that hasn't really taken root in their hearts you know, Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye before you take the splinter out of somebody else's eye. 
And it starts with me. I can only look at my own life. And I've got to look and see, have I got this true biblical joy? Is this strong? Is it taking root? Is God, is this root, is my joy in God alone? Or is my joy in things of this world and the things that God can give me? There is a difference between the two. So very quickly as we come to a conclusion, you might say, Pastor Luke, that's fantastic. That's excellent. I understand what joy is now. I understand what true biblical joy is. We might be wondering, how on earth do I get this joy? How do I receive this joy? You know, how can we have this? You know, the Bible tells us time and time again to rejoice, doesn't it? It's great. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I take that, Lord. I receive that, that I've got to be joyful. I'm going to rejoice. How do we get it? How do we get this joy? Well, it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This verse says that underneath our hope, giving it this unshakable foundation, is the love of God. That's the basis, that's the ground for our hope. And the work of the Holy Spirit is to pour this love into our hearts so that we might receive it, that we might grasp it. So let's put these pieces together. First of all, there is the love of God. When we, before we are saved, we hear about the love of God for us. We, we surrender our lives to Jesus because of the good news of the gospel that Jesus died for us, that, that we can have eternal life, that we can know the forgiveness of sins. And that's the first thing, that we receive his love for us. And this love draws us, it forgives us, it saves us. It guarantees our forgiveness of sin and the hope of eternal life. And the Holy Spirit's work in that is that he is the one who convicts us of our sin and reveals to us God and reveals to us the love of God. And then, once we receive that love, once we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and as we grow in our love for him, this hope begins to grow within our lives. We get this hope that, yeah, no matter what I'm going through, I have this hope that I, I got my, you know, I'm going to spend eternity with my God. No matter what I go through, that I've got God for me. Now I'm, I'm with Him. I belong to Him. There's this hope that builds within our lives. And finally, this hope produces joy within our lives, that we have this joy. Yeah, no matter what comes against me, God is for me. You know, I have this joy that one day I'm going to be with Him for all of eternity. So there is this love, the love of God is produced in our hearts, which produces hope. And this hope which we have produces this joy that comes from God himself. You might say this morning, how can I receive this joy? Basically, it's by surrendering your life to Jesus. When you surrender your life to him, you'll have a new hope in him. You'll have the eternal hope, the hope of eternal life. You'll have hope that one day you'll be made new. And this hope, which comes from the Holy Spirit as he pours that love into our hearts, produces joy within our lives how can you have that hope it's through god alone it is the holy spirit who produces hope and it is the holy spirit who produces joy within our lives we can't create this it only comes as we connect with our god and so this morning i want to encourage us if you want to know that real joy then it comes by opening up your life to god surrendering your life to god and asking the holy spirit to come and he will produce that joy within your life it is the fruit of the holy spirit that joy will come the more and more you get closer to Jesus. That's the answer. The answer of everything within our Christian walk is get closer to Jesus. And it produces these fruit within our lives. We won't have to strain. We won't have to struggle. It produces it in our lives. So I want to encourage us with that this morning. The true Christian biblical joy 
is only found in God and he can produce it within our lives. It is only him. Get close to him. Get in his word. Start praying. Start seeking his face and watch that joy bubble up in your life so that no matter what you face, you can be strong. You can be rejoicing. No matter what comes your way, we can be full of joy. You know, and as the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you need strength this morning, then seek the joy. Ask the Lord, ask the Lord for that joy this morning to be produced within your life. That brings joy to it within our lives. It brings strength to us within our lives. Amen. Shall we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.